Hey everybody, greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Tony, and I'm tapping in today. I got a, quite a few things on my mind, but I wanted to check in just, you know, to say thank you. Um, I listened to several different podcasts and I heard a stat this week that I thought was very interesting and the, the stat was that the average podcaster who starts a new podcast quits after the fourth episode because they realize how much effort and time goes into it and uh, the upkeep and you know they just don't think it's worth it and so they give it up and this would be uh, my 10th episode and so I'm pretty um, I'm feeling pretty good about the direction that we're headed in um, I checked the analytics and I'm starting to see numbers of listenership go up and so I'm just grateful um, that the listenership is growing and I really haven't done any marketing for this podcast so that's um, an avenue I'm getting geared up to start exploring on how I can you know kind of get the word out more and more and you know I've shared it loosely uh, there is an Instagram page for the podcast it's uncommon sense podcast you can find it on Instagram and uh, I'm, I'm gonna make more of an effort to start you know pouring more attention into promoting the um, the Instagram page to try to get you know more listeners and and get the uh viewership up or the listenership up um but either way i am grateful for the people that do tune in um i know there are people that are listening in all different parts of the country different parts of the world uh according to the analytic report that i get on how the podcast is doing and i'm grateful for anybody that takes the time out to listen to anything that i have to say whether you agree or disagree um, I do make an effort to try to make the content and the substance of what I'm talking about better with each episode. So I do make, you know, improvements here and there. I am making investments into the podcast and um, I'm looking to, you know, kind of take it to the next level uh, as much as I can. So if you listen to the last episode the last episode was the first in a series of interviews that I'm starting to roll out where I'm talking to people who are subject matter experts in different areas that I'm not only am I interested in, but I think other people would be interested in as well. And so, you know, I've got a lineup of people that I've talked to about coming on to the podcast to talk with me about various topics and I'm looking forward to sharing those interviews with you uh, in the future. I have some on deck that I'll be publishing soon. And I have others that I'm looking to get scheduled on the books um, here in the very near future. So it's an exciting time for the podcast. And um, I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm grateful. I'm thankful to God for, you know, the progress that I'm making, the will for me to go forward and to just keep it going. So. I just wanted to take a couple of minutes at the start of today's episode just to say thank you. Uh, if you're sticking with me, I appreciate it. Please continue to support because I mean to bring 
better and better content, more meaningful content, more thought provoking content. And just to grow and make, you know, this a this a go to space for you to come listen to and your weekly goings on and listening to podcasts where, you know, you can get the information that you're looking for, even if it's something that you don't agree with. I hope that I can present it in a way that can be palatable for you. So with that being said, it really is a lot of things that, you know, have happened over the last couple of weeks that um, I kind of want to touch on. This is one of those podcasts where, you know, my mind really is in a lot of different places and looking at the analytics, you know, I kind of see where the listenership was at its highest, you know, depending on the subject that I was discussing at the time. And there were a couple episodes in particular that, you know, have got the most plays and it's kind of surprising. It's kind of not surprising. But um, the episode I did on marriage matters and then I've done two separate episodes on where, you know, where the topic was racism for the most part. And it's interesting to me that those episodes have gotten the most listeners. Um, They've been played the most. And I'm not I'm trying to decide if that is, you know, an area that I want to tap into and kind of lean into. Um, I just understand that racism is a popular topic. I'm, I'm not sure why it's so popular because it is so divisive. Uh, but people just want to talk about it. People want to talk about racism. They want to. I mean, it's just it's an emotional topic that everybody feels that they can relate to in a certain degree. And I've tried to avoid, you know, really leaning into that subject matter because I feel like it's so overdone and it's just it's oversaturated. And so I try to stay away from it, um, even though I have some strong opinions about it, how it affects me, how it affects my family, the people around me. I have some strong opinions about how it affects society. Um, I feel like it's a typical and kind of basic subject matter. So I'm kind of wrestling with how I want to continue to talk about that particular area, uh, as it were. But, you know, the marriage episode did better than I thought it would as well. And so that is an area that I may continue to touch on as well. I did get some feedback from uh, a listener who reached out to me and said that they would like to see more content in terms of marriage, especially, you know, from the, from the perspective of, we need more positive conversation on marriage from people that have been, you know, married for several years and can really add some value to the conversation. So I may dip into that even more, you know, I'm not really a relationship expert you know I'm not out here trying to do the Kevin Samuels thing that's his area and I appreciate uh, his lane uh, but you know who knows we'll see what the future holds and future episodes of you know what kind of stuff that I decide to delve into uh, but the other thing that I've tried to stay away from is talking about COVID and the vaccine and 
the way things are shaping up in our society, I kind of feel like I'm going to be forced to discuss it eventually. And I'm trying to figure out how to approach it because I know it's such a sensitive subject, whether you are for the COVID vaccine or against the COVID vaccine, everybody has strong feelings about it. And there really isn't, you know, any calming voices in the middle to kind of bring clarity and bridge the gap between, you know, people who are offended one way or another on the subject. And it really is, you know, a polarizing topic. And so I, you know, kind of avoided it there certain, you know, times on the podcast where I have mentioned something related to, you know, the COVID and the pandemic and whatnot. But by and large, I have kind of made a concerted effort to stay away from it. That is also something that could be changing in the future as well, because um, more and more, I think, you know, the potential for me to be directly impacted by these mandates um, is becoming more and more of a possibility. So we shall see. I am also planning to do a discussion um, on critical race theory. Um, I'm thinking about you know, bringing a guest on who is in favor of critical race theory. You know, I am not in favor, excuse me, of critical race theory. And I think it's, you know, kind of helpful to have discussions to where you can have people who disagree opposite ends of the spectrum to kind of come together and have a conversation about, you know, a particular subject. So, you know, a friendly debate, as it were, to kind of discuss where, you know, where we are. So that's also something that I may talk about. But the big thing right now that's happening in, you know, the media and in society and on social media is, you know, cancel culture is still a problem. And if you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go back and listen to an episode that I did on cancel culture where I highlighted that it's not a new thing. It's been around, you know, I can remember as a kid, you know, experiencing cancel culture, but it was called something else then. And so um, you had Dave Chappelle's new comedy special, The Closer, which dropped on Netflix last week. And it was all kind of backlash in grand Dave Chappelle fashion. You know, he drops these comedy specials and, you know, Dave has a way of telling stories on a comedic level that I don't think that there is a comedian out there that, you know, can weave a tale the way he does as it relates to current events and, you know, pull it in with a comedic element, but also make you think about the relevance or irrelevance of the subject that he's talking about. So, you know, with with every special he does, he kind of pushes the envelope a little bit further. And I'm actually thankful for that because. You know, I feel like comedy should be one of the arenas that we shouldn't be touching. It should be allowed, you know, the one, you know, I feel like the the, the comedic space should almost be like Geneva in Switzerland. It's like a neutral zone that everybody agrees, you know, we're not going to touch this space. This is an art form that we're going to allow them to kind of have free reign. And with the advent of this new brand of cancel culture, you know, that 
feeling is starting to really get encroached on. And so, you know, you got all these comedians that say, you know, that tell jokes during their stand up and they say certain things during their stand up shows and it gets public and gets out and then there's outrage and they're made to go on this apology tour and talk about how sorry they are for the joke and everybody wants to cancel them and don't support them. And it's a bunch of foolish nonsense. And so, of course, Dave Chappelle comes out with the closer, which he says is his final stand-up special that he's going to be doing. I don't know if he meant that because his contract with Netflix is up. I think he was supposed to do five specials under his contract with Netflix. Um, And I'm sure Netflix is doing what they can to try to renew that if they're smart. But um, I watched it and I felt like I had to hurry up and watch it because of the backlash that he got and how the trans community immediately came out and called for his cancellation. And let me preference that by saying it wasn't just the trans community, the black trans community wanted to cancel Dave Chappelle. And so you know, I kind of thought because of the pressure that they were getting, I said, well, Netflix might ca- might cave this time. They might cave. I said, so let me hurry up and watch this special before they take it off. And so my wife and I, we sat down and we watched it um, and we loved it. We laughed. You know, he said a lot of things. I think you know, the, the sign of a somebody who is rational in thinking and can think critically is where comedy is concerned. You can laugh at things that you don't agree with. And, you know, he made some points and said some jokes, you know, relative to how conservatives um, think and how we move that I don't agree with. But the stuff that he said, I thought it was funny. And so we laughed. I mean, You know, that's just how we are. I mean, I can, you know, we can take a joke. And and so I was surprised to to hear in that special that he spent the better half of the stand up special going in on the trans community. And quite frankly, they deserved every piece of it. You know, in the words of Tony Baker, I would say, feel every piece because the trans community is i think in my opinion and this may get me some backlash that's fine um the trans community to me is the most tiring of all the letter groups um that are out there because they ask for so much they constantly push the goalposts back in terms of what they deem is acceptable and how they want to be viewed, how they want to be interacted with in society is constantly changing. And once we get the hang of, you know, or let me say once society gets the hang of wanting to, you know, or learning how to engage the trans community in one aspect, they change it. And now the previous way is offensive. And now it has to be this way. And Everything that Dave Chappelle said in his special was 100% spot on. And I said to myself, if Netflix caves to the mob and cancels this comedy special, 
they will have validated every point that Dave Chappelle made against their movement. The way that they go after people for, you know, just kind of highlighting the truth. You know, the, the point he made about how, you know, gender is a fact and every person on this planet has passed through the legs of a woman. That's a fact. There's no getting around that. And then and and he, you know, he weaved it in a way that was just like it was a comedic masterpiece. And I don't think that there's another comedian out there that can handle this type of material and deliver it this way. And I think that's why, you know, Dave Chappelle should be protected. I can't see Kevin Hart. You know, I can't see these other comedians. Um, you know, you know, Cat Williams probably could you know pull off some of these weights some of the, some of this material he probably would be a little bit more brash but in the way that it's received in the way that it's delivered i think that nobody does it better than dave to be relatable um and that's you know there's something to be said about the fact that he is the only one that can do this type of comedy um, it's my personal opinion that, you know, I don't think Kevin Hart would go out, you know, would go out on this limb because as a as a celebrity, you know, that he is, I think he stands too much to lose. And I don't think he would broach that topic because, as Dave Chappelle pointed out in the closer, he's already apologized for saying some things against the LGBT community um, years ago, which which stopped him from hosting the Oscars. And so. He's already shown that, you know, he'll bend the knee. And that's really what it is. I mean, it's an attack on free speech. You know, these people who can't take a joke and they just immediately want to, you know, quiet these these voices that society wants to hear. And, you know, we're tired. It's just it's old. It's so it's so old to hear that, you know, these these groups a certain, you know, people are so just easily offended, you know, by comedy and to talk about the, the things that he does. You know, I don't know of another comedian that has been this raw and talked this direct to his audience, probably since George Carlin. Um. And so they went after Dave Chappelle and in a surprise move, Netflix came out and publicly said, we stand by the closer. We are not canceling the, the comedy special. It's not being removed by our platform. I even saw that a, you know, uh, there's a, a trans employee of Netflix who was the, I don't know if they were the architect or, or what, but I did see a news headline that talked about how a trans employee of Netflix was, you know, disciplined because of their behavior in, you know, towards Netflix decision to keep the special. And I thought that said a lot. You know, I, I, I was actually seriously considering canceling my Netflix subscription had they taken that special off had they taken it off because 
I feel like at one point we have to draw a line and say that, you know, enough is enough and that we're not going to, you know, we just, we're not going to stand for it. And I was proud of Netflix. So shout out to, uh, to Netflix, Bravo, you know, thank you for having a backbone and letting us know that there are people out there that are willing to take a stand against some of these groups that want to see art form silenced they want to see people's opinions and views silenced and you know it was a good feeling to read these headlines to say we stand with dave Chappelle, and i think we need more of that as large as a company as netflix is i hope that other companies will follow suit and see that they can survive what happens if you stand up to cancel culture it is survivable and i don't think we've seen that up until now we haven't seen a company that or you know we haven't seen an individual you know stand up to cancel culture and people rally around them and say you know what no we're not gonna let this one you can't you can't have this one you know some of them we can give you a pass on but not this one and it was a good sign for me. I, I think it, it kind of gave me some hope for whatever the next cancel victim, cancel culture target is. It kind of gave me some hope to say, you know, well, maybe the next person will stand up to, you know, um, what's happening and they'll survive it the way Dave, Dave Chappelle did. And I think that if he's in the and I don't know this, but if he's in the midst of trying to negotiate a new contract with Netflix, I guarantee that he'll they'll get it done. They'll find a way to get it done because he can see that he's aligned himself with the company that will support him. And a lot of companies these days don't know how to stand up to the heat. They can't take it. And so they have all of these art forms or artists or, you know, businesses or companies that end up being casualties to the mob because they can't. They just can't stand up to it. So, you know, again, bravo. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Shout out to Netflix. Thank you for, you know, putting me in a position to not have to cancel Netflix because, you know, pardon the expression, y'all had some balls and stood up to them. So I took a lot of effort. Um, you had the Facebook hack. And the, the Facebook whistleblower that came forward. And, you know, it was funny to me because when I saw the story about the Facebook whistleblower, I was like, wow, this lady is coming forward and she got, you know, just caches of information that she's just unhappy with Facebook. And I listened to what she had to say and I saw her 60 Minutes interview. And as I was listening to her talk, I was kind of like, you know, my spidey sense started tingling and I started listening more critically and listening more objectively. And I realized that what she was saying is, you know, I finally said this lady's mad at Facebook because in her opinion, they weren't censoring people enough. And that's why she felt that it was her job to gather up all of these documents to show that, Net, uh, Facebook isn't doing it enough to suppress people that are using it. 
And I thought, wow. And it was just interesting to me to see that so many people ate that up. They didn't see it. They were they were saying that she's a hero. This lady is the whistleblower. I'm like, she's not a hero. She's complaining because Facebook hasn't gone far enough to stop you from posting whatever you want to post. And I just thought that it was, you know, crazy that the the media got behind her. She got a 60 minutes interview. There was a congressional hearing immediately the following day that this 60 Minutes interview was was uh, released where you had all of these congressmen and women questioning her. They brought her up, you know, to the Capitol and they wanted to hear more about what she had to say. And these whistleblowers, you know, this whistleblower is vital to you know, getting giving us an understanding of how Facebook is affecting and mistreating its users. And it was just the biggest dog and pony show that I've seen in a long time. Meanwhile, you have James O'Keefe at Project Veritas dropping five videos where a Pfizer employee, a scientist at Pfizer, Brings him information, factual information, data that can be quantified that talks about how dangerous the Pfizer vaccine is. But there was no, you know, there was no congressional hearing. They were given zero attention from the media. Nobody from Congress wanted to talk about it. And it just kind of tells you where we are as a society of the things that we prop up. And deem important. <laughs> Facebook. I, I had to laugh. Because it just. You know Facebook is already a crazy place. You know I've, I've recently got back on Facebook. And I have found that of the social media. I thought Twitter was bad. I deleted my Twitter account. You know after they. Banned the president. When they banned Donald Trump, not because I was a Trump supporter, but because I looked at the the whole picture of how they just silenced the sitting president. You know, what's to stop them from doing that to me? I'm the little guy. And I, I don't want you know, I'm not going to put myself in this position. All these social media sites can do it. But after they banned the president and they did it so easily and they championed, everybody celebrated Donald Trump being kicked off of Twitter and banned and suspended for life. Once people celebrated, in my opinion, it gave these social media companies license to do it to whoever they wanted to. Because if they'll celebrate for one person, then as we continue and start doing it more and more and you know, people will get used to it and we'll take away these voices that say things that we don't like. So uh, Facebook is just like, you know, I thought Twitter was bad, but man, the level of emotionalism on Facebook is just beyond me. People just are in their feelings. They're easily triggered. Everybody's ready for a fight. They got their gun. They got their hand on their gun in case they need to pull it. You know, to defend what they posted or to come into your post and tell you why you're wrong. And I'm just like, wow, these people on here are serious. 
you know, and this is a reminder of why I don't come on Facebook. Everybody's just too in their feelings. It's too emo. It's too many emotions here. And Instagram is not that much better, but it is a little better. You'll see at least, you know, there's there's a lot of stupidity. Uh, there's a lot of stupid people on on Instagram. And there's a lot of silly people on Instagram, but not to the degree of Facebook, I don't think, um, in, in the topics that I've discussed. I think there's a, a a level of, you know, decorum that you see on Instagram that you don't see on Facebook. That's just my opinion. So anyway, uh, I thought that was a bunch of, you know, crap. Then, you know, Facebook went down, you know, the servers went down, all the all the entities they own, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, they were down for several hours right after this lady blew the whistle. Nobody knows why. We still haven't got been given a reason why it went down. And, you know, there's some theories out there. Some theories are very believable on why they, you know, this was done. And I'm not going to get into those reasons, but, you know, I have my own ideas about why it was done and, you know, why Facebook did it. But, you know, it is what it is. I think these these businesses are trying to do what they can to stay in business and to keep making the amount of money that they're making. They said that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, you know, on a collective with all of his, you know, the entities that Facebook owns. They said in that six hours or five to six hours that the websites were down and, and unavailable, that he lost about seven billion dollars in in six hours, if you can believe it. I can't. I mean, I can't. You know, those are things that I can't wrap my head around. So uh, but they're all pretty bad. I, I just got a notification yesterday from Instagram I went on my Instagram page and they told me I got a notification that said you posted some content that goes against our community rules and so we've deleted it and it says click here to show what it was or to see what it was so I clicked the button because I want to know well, what did I say that was so divisive and listen to how vague this was it said there was a post on May 18th and another post on April 22nd that you posted and we removed it. And I have no idea what those posts were. None. I, I can't even I can't even go through my Instagram timeline to try to figure out what it was because it was so long ago. And I think that's what's you know, that just speaks to how unbelievably ridiculous, you know, their level of what they deem hurtful to the community as they go back and you know how vague they are to tell you you know you said something that or you posted something that goes against our um our community and instagram is dumb in a way that they'll even like they, they've started sending me notices that you like to post on this date and we've removed it so it wasn't even my post it was somebody else's post but because i liked it they didn't like the post and so they removed it and they want me to know they feel it's their duty to tell me you like this post we didn't like it so we took it down and i don't even know what post it was so congratulations instagram 
uh, for the level of vagary, being vague on how you're censoring me or censoring my First Amendment rights or access to my First Amendment rights. I wonder if anybody can tell how foolish this sounds. Like all of this sounds like it's so ridiculous when you start to discuss it and unpack it and lay it out. I wonder if people realize like how stupid this is that we go through this or we're subject to this on social media at all times. So I hope you will. Um, I am, you know, I'm at a point now where I have to. You know, I'm preparing to live without social media because they can turn me off for whatever reason they want to. They can do that to anybody else. I mean, I'm no different. Donald Trump was the president. A sitting president was told he could not have access to social media. So what's to stop them from doing that to me? Nothing. What's to stop it from doing it to you? Nothing. Not a thing. And it's all fun and games until it happens to you, until it happens to somebody you know, where they tell you that they're canceling you or you in Facebook jail or you're suspended for whatever reason. And they really don't tell you why. It's just you violated our community guidelines, which are also extremely vague within themselves. So we'll see if something happens. I don't think it will. Um, I think that eventually these social media companies will start to eat themselves and, you know, it'll be a learning process for everybody, you know, for the people who get it. Some, some won't, a lot of people won't get it. A lot of people will be, you know, heartbroken about the fact that they can't get on Facebook, the fact that they can't, you know, post on Instagram. And, uh, those are the people that I'm praying for. Um, so if you haven't listened to it, go back, check out the, the last episode I had, uh, my good brother, uh, Montes Peterson was on the show and we discussed the Hebrew Israelites. I know it wasn't a popular topic, um, because a lot of people don't know who the Hebrew Israelites are or what they stand for. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the show because it was, you know, information for me. You know, I'll I'll have guests on who are going to talk about subjects that I'm not familiar with, but I'm interested in. And so that was the reason for me bringing him on to talk about that. Um, it was a great dialogue. It was a great conversation. It was extremely in, informative for me. Um, it gave me a better understanding. And I hope you'll have an understanding of it as well uh, from a spiritual perspective. And. He's going to come back again. We're going to do a part two because we really didn't scratch the surface of what we wanted to talk about. We didn't really get into the meat and potatoes. Um, and I know there was more information that he wanted to share. There were more questions that I had. I'm not necessarily trying to make this a long form podcast. Um, although some of the interviews that I have lined up, you know, may end up being, you know, some of the longer episodes, but I don't want to overload the listeners and I kind of want to keep, you know, some consistency in the way the show comes across. So, um, again, I hope you check that show out. I hope you'll listen to the other shows. Go back and spend some time listening to some of the previous shows. If you're a new listener, welcome. I'm glad to have you here. 
tell somebody about the podcast. You know, go on your podcast platforms and give it give me a review. Send me an email at uncommonsensewithkt at gmail.com. Give me your feedback. Tell me some things that you like about the show, some things you don't like about the show. I'm very open to constructive criticism. Um, That feedback is all taken into consideration on how I can improve the show. Uh, Whether, you know, you want to see certain subjects, you want me to dive deeper into stuff that I've already discussed that I might need to circle back on. You know, so thank you for being on this journey with me so far on this, the 10th episode of the Uncommon Sense podcast. And I'll be back again soon with some more content. Um, I appreciate all of you. Thank you very much. God bless.